Well, good evening. Can I give you all a very warm welcome to our Carols by Candlelight this service tonight? Thank you to those of you who have joined us in person. The British weather has delivered a traditional British Christmas just in time, but thank you for braving the elements to be here. Those of you joining us online, God bless you, and we trust that you will enjoy the service and be able to worship with us. It's a special time of year we gather to remember the birth of Jesus, the Saviour of the world, our Lord and our God. There are words for a call to worship on the screen. Can I invite you to join together in saying the words in yellow? A love that never ceases. A creativity that designed the universe. A hope that cannot be quenched. A pursuit of reconciliation no matter the cost. These are the things that are of God. Then let us worship God. Hark, the herald angels sing glory to the newborn King.
Let's pray. Lord our God, this Christmas tide, we thank you for the birth of a king to rule over our disordered lives, to forgive us where we've got it wrong, to step in to rescue us where we've lost control of the situation, and to shine the light of your love into our hearts, leading us out of darkness and chaos into the paths that lead to life and peace. So Jesus, we worship you. Show us the way to go. Show us how to live. Be the saviour that we need. We ask it in your name. Amen. The prophet Isaiah speaks of a coming king. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people at the harvest, as men rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressors. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his governance and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness. From that time on and forever, the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. A prayer in response to the promise of Jesus coming. O come, O come, Emmanuel.
Uh, we'll say together the words in yellow, in white. Sorry. <laughs> Isaiah said that the Lord spoke to the king and said, Ask a sign of the Lord your God. Let it, is, let it be as deep as Sheol, or as high as heaven. When the king refused, God would not be stopped. Therefore, the king himself will give you a sign. Look, the young woman is with child, and will bear a son, and shall name him Emmanuel. God wants us to know, even when we aren't sure ourselves. God wants us to experience God's presence, even when we think we can handle life on our own. God sends us signs of God's presence with us. All we need to do is keep our eyes open and look. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had born a son, and he named him Jesus. We light these candles, the candle of joyous hope, of proclaimed peace, of deep everlasting joy, and today, a presence that speaks of love, as a sign that no matter our circumstances, we know we are not alone. Let's pray. Creator God, eternal Christ, reconciling Spirit, we thank you for the many ways in which you are present with us. In times of joy and wholeness, love and hope, and also in times of fear, despair, longing, and brokenness. Thank you for the difference your presence makes in our lives, for the peace, the grace, the hope and the reconciliation that, occur, that can occur when we act out of your larger life-giving story and not out of the fears inherent in our own current circumstances. So, Creator God, Eternal Christ, Reconciling Spirit, we thank you for the transformative power of Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, right here, right now. Amen. We sing, O little town of Bethlehem. <coughs>
adieu, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. Therefore Israel will be abandoned until the time when she is in labour, gives birth, and the rest of his brothers return to join the Israelites. He will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they will live securely, for then his greatness will reach to the ends of the earth, and he will be their peace. It's been said that three phrases that sum up Christmas are peace on earth, goodwill to men, and batteries not included. <laughs> but on a more serious note, we're going to read a poem written by Henry Wordsworth Longfellow, Christmas Bells. And she wrote it on Christmas Day in 1863 during the American Civil War. He'd heard that his son, a Union soldier, had been seriously wounded in combat. And the poem reflects his struggle to match the easy optimism of Christmas with the horrors of the war that were being fought in his country at such terrible cost. So Christmas Bells by Henry Wordsworth Longfellow. I heard the bells on Christmas Day, their old familiar carols play, and wild and sweet the words repeat of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And thought how, as the day had come, the belfries of all Christendom had rolled along the unbroken song of peace on earth, goodwill to men, till ringing, singing on its way, the world revolved from night to day, a voice, a chime, a chant sublime of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Then from each black accursed mouth the cannon thundered in the south. And with the sound the carols drowned of peace on earth, goodwill to men. It was as if an earthquake rent the hearthstones of a continent and made forlorn the households born of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And in despair I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said. For hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Then pealed the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail. With peace on earth, goodwill to men. The birth of Jesus as the Prince of Peace gives us grounds to trust that however bad things get, the wrong shall fail and the right will prevail because God is sovereign and Christ is Lord. But we express our longing for God's kingdom in a world marked still by violence and suffering and tragedy. As we sing, it came upon the midnight clear.
Father, we want to thank you for all that we have. Father, we want to thank you that this Christmas we'll be in warm houses with family and friends. We'll have food and comfort and people around us will comfort us. And Father, we now turn to those in our own land who will be in the open air, in the cold, with no food. And Father, we pray that you would be with them and you'd help them to see your love with those who go out to reach them and touch them. We pray for those who have no family, who have no friends, and who are loneless. Father, we just ask that you would touch them this Christmas with your heart of compassion, with your heart of love, and you would show them they don't need to be alone, but they can be with you. We pray, Father, for the families who can't afford the heating and can't afford the presence of the children. Father, we pray that you would send to those families your love in the shape of those who have your concern. And Father, we turn to our own brothers and sisters in the churches in the Ukraine, in the churches in Russia. And Father, we pray for those who are suffering. Some have lost family. Some have lost homes. And we ask you, Father, that you would put compassion on our hearts that we might touch them. And Father, we just pray for them. We pray especially for our suffering church over this time. We think of the church in Nigeria and we think, Father, of your safety. We pray your Holy Spirit upon the church in Nigeria, northern Nigeria. We pray, Father, that you protect them from bombs and bullets. And also the churches in Syria, Iraq, and our Christian brothers who are suffering in prison. Father, we pray that you'll bring them comfort, you'll bring them letters, and you'll help them to know that they're not alone, but your Holy Spirit is with each one of them as they suffer for you. Father, give us a heart's compassion to remember them over this Christmas time. In Jesus' name, Amen. The reading is from John chapter 1, verses 1 to 14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the, in the beginning. Through him all things were made, without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light, he came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was not, was met not, 
And though the world was made through him, the world did not recognise him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. We celebrate the mystery of Jesus' identity as we sing God of God, the uncreated.
understanding. Um, on the screen we'll have the words of the Nicene Creed. It's an opportunity, should you wish to do so, to affirm your faith in God and who Jesus is. We say together, if you wish to do so, we believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is, seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us, and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshipped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Please be seated. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this may be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favour with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel since I am a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age and she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month for nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her.
At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favoured that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, even as he said to our fathers. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. May God bless you with holy anger. Anger at injustice, oppression and the exploitation of people so that you may work tirelessly for justice, freedom and peace among all people. And may God bless you with the gift of tears. Tears shed for those who suffer from pain, rejection, starvation, or the loss of all that they cherish, so that you may reach out your hand to comfort them and transform their pain into joy. And may God bless you with enough foolishness to believe that you really can make a difference in this world, so that you are able with God's grace to do what others claim can't be done. And may God bless you with a restless discomfort about easy answers or half-truths or superficial relationships so that you may seek truth boldly and love deeply from within your heart. Amen. There's some words on the screen I'd invite you to join with me in saying as a response to that. <coughs> o Lord Jesus Christ, willing to be made like us in your humanity, the sharer of our sorrows, 
the companion of our journeys, the light of our darkness, the remedy for our ills. So fill us with your spirit and your grace, that as you have been made like us, we may grow to be more like you, for your mercy's sake. Amen. So we stand to sing, See Amid the Winter's Snow.
you have any encouragement for being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. We are making space in our service tonight to take up an offering in aid of three causes. Uh, please don't be embarrassed if you've not come prepared for that. If you don't wish to contribute, if you'd like to, there's an opportunity to do so in a moment. We are supporting the Children's Society, which provides specialist support that empowers young people to make positive changes and rediscover their hope. Working alongside young people, their families and community, the Children's Society aims to create a society built for all children. Vegans care holistically for children and families through counselling and parenting support. They provide a counselling service for children and young people in Horsham schools. And Horsham community responders are volunteers who provide immediate care to those in their community who fall ill. They're trained to attend emergency calls received by the ambulance service and to give life-saving care in the minutes up to when the ambulance arrives. We are donating to support them because they are providing a defibrillator for the local community. So if you would like to contribute to support the work of the Children's Society and Fegans and Horsham Community Responders, there's an opportunity to do so now because following Jesus is about making a difference in the world in which we live.
we have read and sung about peace and healing and life. Through these gifts, Lord, may peace and healing and life come to members of our community, children, young people and their families as we dedicate these gifts to you and our lives to your service. Amen. Our next carol is in the bleak midwinter. It seemed like a good idea at the time. It felt like the bleak midwinter when I chose it. Never mind. We'll sing it anyway.
So Lord, on the back of that carol, help me to place my life, all of my life, before you as an offering. Let me be a living sacrifice, knowing that it's the most worshipful way I can live my life. I realise, though, that the tendency of living sacrifices is to crawl off the altar. So keep me there, Lord, on that altar. Keep me totally surrendered to you. And as I give my life to you, would you change me from the inside out so that I can be to others a blessing in place of a curse, granting forgiveness in place of revenge, peace in place of strife. Save me from who I have become over the years and shape me into the person you always intended me to be. For I ask this in your name, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Matthew chapter 1. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had it in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfil what the Lord had said through the prophets. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Good Christian men, rejoice.
2, 1, verses 1 to 14. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. And she wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Saviour has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favour rests.
After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east, and we have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for they, for out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people, Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it appeared over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. So what was that star? What was the star of Bethlehem? Ancient suggestion is it could have been a comet moving across the sky, but comets tended to be regarded as portents of doom rather than signs of good news in those days. 17th century astronomer Johannes Kepler 
said it could have been a nova or a supernova explosion, but we've got no evidence of such an event around this time. Or maybe it was a conjunction of the planets. We've seen some really bright planets in the sky these past few weeks. Jupiter and Venus were really close together in about 3 or 2 BC. They could perhaps have looked like one single star at one point, even have appeared to be stationary in the sky. Yet, if the wise men really were wise men who studied the night sky, they wouldn't have muddled the conjunction of planets with a single bright star. And as I walked around looking at the sky, puzzled over how a star could move and then stop right over a place when you're only walking five miles from Jerusalem to Bethlehem, how, how does it do that? It would need to be far closer than the stars in the sky to achieve such a feat. So maybe it was a supernatural phenomenon, in which case we've no idea of knowing what it really was. Or maybe Matthew uses vivid language to describe the wise men being led by a star to find Jesus. Your guess is as good as mine, quite frankly. But a better question to ask is perhaps why? Why does Matthew tell us the story of the star? It may evoke in us a sense of wonder. It's become part of the magic of the Christmas story, after all. In the dark world of Judea, the star of Bethlehem shone its light to draw people to Jesus. And it drew the wise men. It draws us. Perhaps the quest to understand the star is misguided because the star was a sign. And the point of a sign is it points to something else. There's no point in spending ages examining a sign and ignoring what the sign points to. So the big question then is not what was the star, it's what did the star signify? What was the star pointing to? And of course it was pointing to Jesus, the Saviour. The wise men followed the star and found the object of their quest. They found Jesus. And Jesus still has the capacity to evoke wonder and joy and worship in those who find him today, just as he did in the wise men who found him then. So maybe if your heart feels cold and dark and empty this Christmas, then follow the star as the wise men did. And find the Christ who can fill you with the warmth and the light of his loving presence within you. And that's something he's willing and able to do. Because he is Emmanuel. God with us. God with you. The object of our life's quest. The one the star points to. The saviour and lord of all the world. Who longs to be the saviour and lord of your life this year as well. So we think of the wise men on their journey and our own journey through life as we sing our closing carol, as with gladness, men of old. <laughs>
Can I just say you're very welcome to join us again at half past 11 on Christmas Eve for communion. That's in the evening at night. Or half past in the morning on Christmas Day for the Christmas celebration. If not, then have a wonderful Christmas and hope to see you sometime in the new year. May God bless and keep you all. Let's share together in the words of the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen.